Hello, thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Earp, and you're listening to episode 17 of The Research Files. My guest this month is Professor David Lynch from Southern Cross University. The academic led a five-year pilot study at a Sydney primary from 2009 onwards on creating an outstanding school. Professor Lynch joins me to talk about the team's findings from the pilot and the next phase of the research, replicating the success on a bigger scale. When did the study actually start and what was the aim of it? Well, we had, um, I had been having discussions with the particular principal of this school way back in 97, uh, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, John Hattie then published his book, Visible Learning, and we were both very interested to read it. Um, and as we sort of discussed, um, we started to uh, look at the key findings from his book, and we sort of said to ourselves, well, could we give it a go? Could we have a look at, you know, for example, what he had published and see if we could replicate this across the whole school. So we made a, a, couple, a little pact and we said, look, we're not going to get caught up in fads. It's got to be evidence-based, research-driven. We wanted data to inform it. And as we, so we went straight to the literature and we started to do quite a big literature review. And what we found was that, whereas uh, Hattie had published uh, some fairly comprehensive stuff in terms of effect sizes, we found that the education literature, there were explosions uh, over the, the previous decade, but most of it was disparate. So the first task we had to do was to actually condense all this down to find what we thought might be the sweet spots. In other words, the literature that would give us enough guidance how to begin. So um, we then, so we put this together in a model, and we called it the collaborative teacher learning model because mm-hmm. there were basically four things that the literature were telling us. First of all, we had to have an approach to leadership. We had to think about how we created capacities in the school, teaching capacities, how we use uh, data, and then basically some sort of way that we'd professionally develop teachers. So um, for the first two years really was us trying to perfect this collaborative teacher learning model. And basically we see the outstanding schools at school that can achieve defined learning outcomes in every student sustainably. And so that's what we set about doing and we used Hattie's 0.4 0.4 effect size to basically give us some guidance as to how well we were um, progressing in this project. Mm-hmm. And so you focused on just one school in the pilot study, which was a primary school in Coffs Harbour, which Correct. is in Sydney. Now, um, you mentioned uh, the first step was determining what an outstanding school looked like, which, yes. which you've uh, discussed. But just to be clear, this was just the study was just about one curriculum area, wasn't it? You, you weren't expecting the school to do this in every single facet. No, and as I say, it's a pilot study. And what mm-hmm. that basically, a pilot study, means that you test some propositions. So what the literature was saying to us, if, the, if we wanted to remediate the curriculum or the level of learning in the school, is, is that having sound literacy skills, i.e. the English curriculum, would be a good place to start. So that's why we focused on that area. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important. This was a whole of school project. Now, after five years of, of hard work there from the... Uh, the staff and the students um, achieved this, what you termed an outstanding school in Absolutely. that area. And yep. if people want to read more about how that happened, they can go to the 
to the various publications yes. uh, that you've had to do with the study. Mm -hmm. Now, from from there, you were able to conclude, the team concluded, that there are four key elements then that are crucial to creating and, importantly, sustaining this outstanding school. Um, yes. Can you just take us through those uh, those elements that you discovered there? Okay, four things. The first one is the school leader, the principal, if you like. To make this fly in this school, and we observed this principal over five years, this person really had to be, first of all, had to know the literature as well. Now, they were PhD, he was PhD trained, which made our life pretty easy because he knew the education literature and the processes around research as well as what we did. But you have to look at the personal leadership capacities. He really was determined. He certainly was there for the long haul and he was able to have those tough conversations. It's interesting when we think about the principalship and we examine teacher attitudes towards the leader across the five years. In the pre-study, he was, he was getting satisfactions around 80% satisfaction with him. By the time we had got to about halfway through the study, it had pretty much uh, got to around 60% unsatisfied and 40% satisfied. And this is a really, really interesting phenomenon because as the school was improving, if you like, the satisfaction with the principal was diminishing. We concluded from this basically that the principal was having a lot of tough decisions he had to make. He was very much challenging what we would call the mythology of teaching in the school. In other words, when teachers were doing certain things and the data was not supporting it, nor was the research evidence, he had to go along and say, we no longer do that in our school. And we assume we, uh, that essentially that had an impact on that. But the key point is having a leader to be able to lead these projects is fundamental. So once we had affirmed we had a leader and he was able to sell the vision for where we were going and get teacher buy-in, the next thing was, was about capacity. And we found that team-based arrangements in the school where, for example, all the year four teachers all planned uh, together. They interrogated the data on each individual student and then decided within their team who would actually deal with a particular student in what way. So distributed leadership and teaming we found was a great capacity way of actually enabling the individual student agenda. But you have to, in these sort of projects, you can't rely on rhetoric. You know you know, what people are thinking. So having a data environment provided that context. One, it was a, enabled us to get a quantifiable mechanism to actually, and using Hattie's 0.4 effect size, was a, a, a way of us actually working out what effect we were having. But the other side of the coin too is, is that when you're operating in a data environment, it does create conversation pieces. It challenges the, the current orthodoxy in terms of how teachers were teaching. It provides a quantifiable way, if you like, of actually coming to terms of what's happening in the classroom. And the last one, we in the first two was coaching, mentoring and feedback. In the first two years of the project, and this is a real finding, I think, uh, teachers were involved in a variety of professional development sessions, some on-site, some outside of. In the traditional way, we would get various experts in literacy to come in and talk to them. We found that in that two years, no change in outcomes. We yet then went back to the literature, and we've done published a number of articles about it, where we looked at the premise of introducing coaching, mentoring, and feedback. And we used the team environment, so teachers were already operating in teams, 
we identified the teacher in each team who was expert. In other words, a teacher who showed that capacity to achieve what we wanted and said to them, enact, if you like, some coaching, mentoring feedback. Start entering classrooms, having a look what's happening, and coach and mentor them. As soon as we started that, we started to see the results increase. So now, um, we've mentioned a couple of times that this, is, this was just a pilot study. Yes. Uh, now, I'm guessing the, the next step, which you're already on with, actually, is, uh, is trying to scale that up. So Correct. Um, just briefly then, what, what will be happening now? Well, what we've, what we've done in our first phase of, of scale up is we have 12 schools. We have a couple of international schools, schools based overseas and some local Australian schools, each one with a, a particular profile. So what we aim to do now is to see if, one, if we can replicate the results. But importantly now, there are some, because you've got to remember it's a pilot study, so there are a lot of unknowns. So we now know that the sweet spots, for example, coaching, mentoring, feedback requires more examination. So in the scale up, we're actually taking a greater look at what actual teachers are doing when we talk about coaching, mentoring, and feedback. I think the important message is, is that it's not piecemeal. If you're going to go along and change a school, it's not just about give it a go in this particular area. It's whole of school reform. It's all teachers. And it's very much about improving teaching. And that's about pedagogical improvement. But it's also about creating the new capacities that fundamentally this type of environment requires, which is leadership, teaming, and utilizing data. Well, we'll be uh, interested to see the results of those uh, further studies, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to speak to you again in the future. But uh, for now, Professor David Lynch, thanks ever so much for sharing your work with the research files. My pleasure. You've been listening to an episode of The Research Files from Teacher Magazine. To download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen acer. To find out more about the research discussed in this podcast and to access the latest articles, videos and infographics, visit www.teachermagazine.com.au.